0: On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Mathematics. He's got a brand new single out called Wake Up. Lots of uh, intriguing images on the music video. We're going to talk about that and much more. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, maybe I jumped the gun. I, I said a brand new song. Now, has the song been out for a little while and you just did the video for it recently?
1: So uh, the song has been out for a little while. It came out more like a, uh, it more in the throes of of when COVID was uh, a bigger thing, <laughs> and not to say it's not a big thing now, but uh, when when ba- I was living in Bangkok at the time, and uh, we we were all uh, we were all looking for. Uh, we were all looking for kind of work, and we were every, everything was kind of quiet. The city was somewhat locked down, although not as much as other places. And we got together, and we made a we made a video for the same song that I created within you know within a month's time of making a song. And uh, it was uh, it was a it was kind of a cathartic, uh, great creative uh, coming together of of all different sources and powers, to make what we saw today. But yeah, it's not exactly it's not exactly brand new. But the thing is, uh, uh, it was a weird time when we released it, and it was um, it it got a little bit of traction in in Thailand. It got a little bit of traction on the playlists, and I feel like I didn't give it quite a hard enough push, considering how many people gave me positive feedback. So I'm giving it this second push now, and I feel like uh, it just deserves that.
0: No, mm-hmm. no. Speaking of Bangkok, you you are quite the traveler. Uh, where are you right now?
1: Uh, currently I am sitting, uh, about a hundred meters from, uh, the beach in a sleepy town called Hua Hin, Thailand, which is, uh, it's about, uh, I'm going to guess three hours, three and a half hours south of Bangkok on, on the coast.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I'm so glad, you know, you're able to even from your remote location still call in for today. So so if your sound goes in and out a little bit, we know the, that the sound waves are bouncing off that beautiful beach.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm surrounded by waves, you know, sound waves, ocean waves, but uh, I'm feeling wavy. I'm feeling gravy. Thanks for having me.
0: So on Wake Up, you collaborated with a singer from Bangkok.
1: That's right um, her name is well her artist name is Atia and she is uh, she's a really really talented beautiful young lady who is half Thai half British um, and she uh, I, I've known her I've lived in Thailand now for for coming up on around fifteen years and um, I've lived uh, I've, I've been a part of, the, uh, quite a big part of the music scene, um, for, for many years here. And, and it's, the Bangkok music scene, it's, it's quite interesting because it's, um, it's intimate. It's, it's, it, in a weird way, it feels like you're in some, uh, some small town music scene, like, you know, like as if you're in, uh, some, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this massive metropolis that it is, um, in that you know uh, you know if you're if you're in a band or if you're touring around the city or or southeast asia or all of you know it doesn't matter where you are it seems like you know a lot of of other of our other artists you start to you start to meet people on gigs and stuff and it's I don't know, it's very it's very personal and uh somewhere along the line I, I met her at a very young age she was doing um she was doing spots on uh soap opera shows here she's a she's a pretty um kind of multifaceted uh talent and and i heard her singing one day and it 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 literally uh, well it didn't literally blow my socks off my socks stayed on my feet but it it definitely uh surprised me and um and i had to uh i had to give it a go and try to collaborate with her because there's so many times you see people out here in the world that are that are talented, and yet maybe they haven't taken uh, the first steps to 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 really turn it into something that a broader audience can can hear, and that was kind of her case. And so, uh, yeah, I, I did I did what I had to do to try to to try to snag her, and I did.
0: Well, your career has had quite an evolution, and I'm going to read some stuff off your website. You started in L.A. Uh, you were yep. working with everything from rappers to metalheads. And I love this bohemian, buskers, and underground bands. Gotta love a, a busker. But then uh, you had your own band, Rock Shreller, and you toured. And then uh, you also toured as a DJ in Southeast Asia, which makes sense now that you're, you know, really in the EDM world.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I've had quite a strange, you know, I try to compare the way I make music to the way I listen to music. I mean, I guess that makes perfect sense, right? But I, 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 like, growing up, I was listening to everything from from Michael Jackson to Queen to N.W.A. and everything in between. And you know, when electronic music started to become more popular, you know, stuff like Nine Inch Nails and The Prodigy, and then um, finding experimental stuff and drum and bass and you know, but but also you know, silly stuff and weird owl and um, I mean, I was just all over the place and um, it, it really didn't matter what as long as it is it is it, it it was catchy, it was fun, it, there was some spirit in there. Um, I mean, you know, give me a good gospel song and I'll and I'll and I'll love it. So the thing is, um, at the moment, um, like I, I I can't even say that I'm heavily into edm only i'm trying to i'm trying to find a way to make projects that are yeah that are a little bit um you know solidified into a into a concrete um concept but i also find it difficult for me not to be kind of a little bit all over the place uh when it comes to genres because i i just i can't i can't ever find myself sitting in one uh box for too long i suppose you could say
0: well one thing about doing this format is there's a lot of built-in collaboration you know working with atia but you did a song a while back i think it was with Jay kai it's called busy yes so is that part of the appeal of edm is that you get to constantly work with fresh new people
1: I'll tell you, i I definitely personally love the collaboration factor uh, no matter no matter what the the style of music I'm working it in working in. but for sure with with edm, wh- whether it's drum and bass or house music, um, the great thing is, you know, you really can you can find, let's say someone who who's who's a blues artist, and it's you know it for me it would be a pleasure to find a some some top tier blues artist and make a techno song uh you know and it would be you know if you find some bluegrass guitarist and and you somehow incorporate him into a drum and bass track um i feel like yeah with with electronic music you i, I think you do have a bit more leeway in terms of how you collaborate what who you collaborate with you can kind of mix styles pretty easily
0: mhm well you have a full album uh coming out i don't know if you've quite released it yet or if it's about to come out but it's called metanoia 7
1: that's correct it actually it actually just came out uh less than a month ago on my birthday july 14th
0: oh excellent well, happy birthday what a way to celebrate your birthday
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that was uh, it was convenient timing. I, it was it was coming out around that time, and I just figured drop it on the day. But uh, yeah, it was it's been so far. It's been um, it's been fun to to slowly let it seep into the to the uh, public sphere to get it out there into as many uh, ears as possible. It's been it's been a fun experience so far.
0: So, what's it been like to compile all this into one album? Did you take some tracks that you've released over the past year? And add some new ones, or was this all new material?
1: This was um, this was all new material, and I'll say, you know, it's it was just kind of like what I said earlier in the sense that um, the album itself has you could say different genres popping up in different songs in, in some way. But I really did have it uh, from from the first song to the final seventh song really kind of meld into each other one by one into a somewhat of a story and um, and it's it is it, I will say this there are elements of the album that are lighthearted that are kind of more simple and more just for the for the for the sake of catchy dancing music but there's also a lot in there that that comes from kind of a personal space and it really does encompass the way my kind of my state of mind has been for the past year or so
0: Mhm. Now I'm I'm looking on your website which I'm going to encourage people to go to and you have seven tracks on metanoia seven very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and and I see you kind of in this interesting pose I'm wondering metanoia does that have like some spiritual significance?
1: Yeah, well, I mean it, it's it's funny because I in in well, I, I suppose you could say, for most of my adult life, uh, and most of my life in general, I've, I've, I've been um, drawn to and, and interested in, in every, everything from the spiritual to the metaphysical to anything that's beyond our our our, our obvious limits of understanding. Simply just because I find it fun and interesting, but also just because I think it's important, at least in my own experience, to. To do my best to try to, to to see beyond the veil as much as possible in any way, but you know without being too specific. And so, um, over the course of of the past couple of years, especially, I've 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 been kind of doing a lot of deep diving with with especially with the amount of time I've had uh, given to me. You could say, if you look at it in a good way, given to me by by uh, current events that have allowed me to kind of step away from. From, from everything and, and and take time to really kind of examine what's going on on a deeper level within me and um, I think doing that sometimes can 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 allow for a healthy amount of growth or change in any direction that that we may we may or may not know that we need or or, or whatever that, that it, it's just it, it really has given me a sense of of growth and I think I, I actually learned about that word, metanoia, through a um, somewhat of a, a spiritual guru um, that I have been um, kind of been somewhat of a having a, a mentorship of, of sorts in the past year. And yeah, so in metanoia in Christian theology, metanoia is is, is understood as a transformative change of heart. So it's like a spiritual conversion. But it's it's also used in so many other different, um, you know, uh, theological practices and all this stuff. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything with any religion. But um, I also just dig the name.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, do you think that's like a theme that runs throughout this album? Is there some sort of spiritual connection to every song?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, I would say just the mere act. Of connecting to oneself on on a level they find deeper than they have in the past. In it of itself is is an act of spirituality, being spiritual. Because um, you know, I I would never profess to say that I'm uh, religious per se. I would never profess to say that I I, um, I, I, I don't want to. I, I would like to tread lightly in terms of the way, the terminology I use, and I certainly don't use any of them as fact, but I find them as interesting and beautiful. And yeah, so I would say that the album in it of itself is um, a, a whole lot of truth coming from me. Now, whether it be truth in the sense of talking about my outlook on how people should uh, think about um, their ego or whether, I, or whether it's a song about um, my outlook on on the political divide in this world, or if it's a song about psychedelic drug taking, um, everything on this album does come from a place of uh, honesty and a true experience that's what's going on in my life. And I, th- I find that to be a spiritual practice, just to, to, to practice kind of uh, self-examination and to to speak honestly.
0: Well, I'm looking at the song lineup and you have, let me see if I can count this correctly, four collaborators, two of them, or one of them on two songs. Uh, you, you get back together with Atia, do a song yep. with, with Atia and Kevin Graves. Yep. Kevin Graves. Right? Yep. Kevin Graves. Yep. You do two, two tracks with Charlie Banks this one yep. I like Rorschach Rick, yeah, and, great. and then um, Will or John Will Sale, which is my favorite title on the album. Uh, a song called "The Walking Dead" is a documentary.
1: That's right. Yeah, I mean that was that uh, was a really fun one to write, actually. Um, yeah, John Will Sale is a uh, a talented singer songwriter who. Uh, who I one of the earlier uh, musicians that I met when I was when I was in when I came to Bangkok and uh, he was in I, this was back before I was really heavily into the music scene I was more on the film side of things out here and he was in a band called Sang Sangsom Massacre and uh, they were a wild bunch I mean Sang som is is a uh, <laughs> is a cheap type of uh, whiskey they sell here in Thailand and so sang song massacre you could imagine uh, that got up to uh, a bit of rubble rousing now and then and he since then has has evolved and grown as a musician and and made some really amazing things and I kind of I found it necessary that as as this is my first full album uh, and I'm trying to get collaborators he was it was a great one for him to for him to join and uh, come together with me on on basically the only song on the album that is rock based everything else as you as you may or may not have heard is, a little bit more on the hip-hop or electronic or indie-tronic kind of side, but this one is a little bit more full-fledged rock. Mm-hmm.
0: And where did you find your other collaborators? You know, you uh, obviously have a, already a track record with Atiyah, but do you get recommendations from others or, you know, where you're at? Is it just such a small community, everything's word of mouth?
1: Well, it's... It's, it's definitely Bangkok-centric. In other words, a lot of these guys um, I met in Bangkok. Um, so Rorschach Rick, he is a, a South African musician that I met at, um, at a live show at one of my friends. Well, here's the funny thing. Rorschach Rick I met while he was with his band doing a live show at a venue that was owned by Charlie Banks. So, that's uh, you know. Until I just said that to you right now, I didn't even really kind of connect those dots. But uh, it's it's kind of funny. It's, uh, yeah, and and that kind of that kind of plays into what I was saying earlier about the Bangkok music scene being kind of intimate, and um, you know it's uh, like and and Kevin Kevin. Um, I met him on the the tropical paradise island of Koh Phangan, which is uh, which is the the home of the very famous full moon parties in Thailand. Um, oh. he, he's, he's lived out on that island with, uh, with his wife and child, and he's got another child on the way. And uh, I met him through friends out there, and I think, as I recall, the first day I met him, he, he beat us all in a poker game. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he pulled in a nice little hefty pot that day, and uh, th- uh, through, through him I realized that he, he worked on hip-hop music and uh and i listened to his stuff and i found him really really talented so i so when i was working on this album i you know thank 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 god for the internet because uh i i I think i i did uh, almost almost all the collaborations with everyone here just uh you know by contacting them through social media and then getting them to record at at their various uh, locations near wherever they are Mm -hmm. and um john will sale was the only one who actually came and visited my my home and uh, we recorded together in person and wrote together in person. Everyone else was recorded at their own places, and we and we uh, collaborated over the internet.
0: Well, I'm intrigued by by these full moon parties. You're saying that's a regular thing there?
1: Yeah, I mean, they they managed to take a big break uh, during uh, some of the the COVID times, but the, um, the they're back on now, and these are massive. I mean. I can't remember the number, so I won't even attempt to make a guess. But there's thousands and thousands of people every full moon um, on Hadrin Beach, and also some of the other beaches around these islands, and they just have these mega parties where people are, uh, you know, where people turn into werewolves and um, and act accordingly. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. And and I I would say that as a guy who's done my good fair share of partying. I think these full moon parties are almost too much for me, just in a sense that, that it's like, you know, it's just a sea of flesh and sweat, and and it's all squeezed onto these little beaches, and it's just dueling speaker systems, and it's chaotic, but it's pretty fun too.
0: So you've witnessed actual or werewolf transformations?
1: Oh yeah, I think I think even myself, I've had to, uh, I've had to recover from from being one. So. It's uh, it's it's definitely um, it's an experience. I mean, you know, uh, some people would call it bucket lists. Other people would say you gotta you gotta go as much as possible. You know, I guess it's up to, it's up to the party or what level are you at? You know, but uh, it's, it's 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 wild. It's a trip.
0: Now you released this album on your own label called Shrell, which sounds yep. a lot like your your band Rock Shreller. It, so we're, it's we're definitely
1: just... a, it's a tip of the hat for sure to Rock Shreller. That's for sure so where did
0: the schreller originally come from
1: so um the the last band the band that i was in before i went kind of solo mission was yeah as we mentioned before it's called rock schreller and um i started that band with my good friend scott heller now if, if uh if that has a a similar uh, ring to it then then I guess you could you could guess that there is a connection there and uh, apparently when he was in high school uh, it, what his nickname was rock for whatever reason I couldn't tell you why it was not not, not no connection to the rock and I think I think we ended up we we're, were just playing around with words and somehow we came up with the word Shreller, and I think it sounded Kind of cool, like shrill, like the like the sound of a shrill shrieking shriller, and um, I, I, we were fully aware how, uh, especially in Asia, uh, but 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 anywhere in the world, it's not the most uh, familiar sound rock Shreller. but um, I guess that that plays into kind of my overall outlook on on everything, which is I don't necessarily like to stick to the norm. And uh, a little bit of out 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 there mentality goes a long way for me. And uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, that that name stuck. So after the band broke up, I think uh, I just felt like I needed to I needed to keep a piece of that with me. Well, sure.
0: And so, what's it like to start your own record label?
1: Well, to be honest, it's um, it's more of uh, I would say, it's. How how do I put it without without putting myself down here? Because I, I I also work in film, and you know I'll put it this way: when I was when I was fourteen years old, and I started making movies with my friends, we would make a film company, right? And uh, like I I remember my very first film company, uh, I called it Insane Interactive, and. Uh, and later on uh, we i had a film company called Empire Escape and later on i had a film company called Rune Dog Productions and uh, you know were these actual companies hell no they were they were they were kids having fun putting a name together for to to kind of brand the these these wild and out there movies that would slowly shape the way i was as as a filmmaker in my in my later years as an adult and, and becoming a professional in these in these world so uh in a weird way Shrell has a has a hint of that with it although now Shrell is actually registered and has it actually has songs on it and it's but I still in a weird way connect it to that it's kind of like I don't I I don't intend to run a a, a large label that slowly starts gathering artists and and uh takes over the music world but but you do want to have a label, and you do want to, and you do want to to be official in some way, and so that's kind of how I'm taking all of this. It, I, I I really want to be able to make music and make make things, make art that not only uh, entertains the hell out of me when I'm doing it, but makes other people love it, and and and, and so if, if if I'm going to throw a name on it, then let Shrell be that, and and I guess that's that's all that's all I feel about about Shrel Records at the moment. Let's let's see where it goes from here.
0: You know, do you ever go back and look at those early
1: films you made? Oh my gosh, do I ever! I, uh, I got, I, uh, I was, I was savvy enough to, you know, digitize some of the tapes, and I've got, I've got most of those stuff still uh, on on hard drives and on Google drives, and I've some of you, some of them are on YouTube and yeah, you know, all over the place. I'm, I'm really happy we still have a lot of that stuff.
0: Like were these shorts? Did you make features? Like, what was the content like?
1: oh yeah like my f- my first film uh <laughs> again film well, take that word with a grain of salt but my, uh, the first movie we made was was right around the time that the the matrix came out mm-hmm. and uh and of course we had been making little short silly videos for 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 even years before that but the our first attempt at making a movie was called out for blood and uh it consisted of about Forty minutes of us running around shooting each other. Um, it was uh, it, it was it wasn't necessarily the most creative uh, piece of art you've ever seen, but I will say that it was one of the most uh, pivotal moments in my life because I got to I got to experience the 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 that 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 feeling of of getting people together, having a you know having some sort of loose schedule, you know. Creating the fake blood in the in, in the kitchen and and editing editing things together with with VCR like two VCRs and an N64 as the gun sounds and uh, all kinds of wild stuff like that it was it was really a trip I, I I was absolutely addicted from then on and and I think even though that was making a movie it it all goes together you know when I when I first started making music it was the same thing it was it was using whatever technology I had at the time and kind of winging it and kind of coming up with my own ways of doing things and um and it was so much fun that i genuinely think that that there's a reason why i feel kind of um like guerrilla filmmaking and independent music creation and everything in that sense really turns me on much more than major label big budget hollywood all of this stuff that there's a place in time for all of those things but um, I really, really get a kick more out of uh, doing as much as you can kind of uh, independently in guerrilla style because you, it, it, I don't know, there's the, there's this kind of rule-breaking kind of pirate-esque way about it all that, that, that gives, gives me a lot more um, uh, pleasure and joy.
0: Nice. It kind of reminds me of, you know, what they used to call backyard productions where you get together with your friends, get a camera just make an epic movie in your backyard
1: oh that was that was basically my my life in um, in high school and uh and and to be honest nowadays um you know nowadays i'm fortunate enough i'm fortunate enough to get paid um to to work on videos to to work in film to to make music um I'll, i am not i'm not you know paying for a, a Hollywood Hills mansion with the work that I do, but I but I, I um, make a good enough amount to say that this is part of my career. And I still feel like the way I do it uh, has a strong relation to that backyard, you know, epic filmmaking uh, way. Because I think if you if you stick to the having fun method, if you if you if you grow from that first day, and and stay on that same trajectory, then it's always going to be connected, right? There's always going to be a, a a connection, a link from that first day till now.
0: Hmm. That's one thing I like about EDM music. It still has a DIY quality. You know, you've got your laptop, you've got a good music program. And, and it's like you don't need a ton of money or, or permission from anyone else. You can start creating anytime you want to. That's
1: that's for sure is true. And I, th- I would say that, especially when you said that you don't need a lot of money, that is that is 100% correct, as well. especially now, obviously. And in, in 2022, the amount of uh, free software uh, is, is is crazy. And on top of that, our computers... You know even even with just a standard computer nowadays it's gonna run just fine I mean obviously back in uh, you know early 2000s and then even earlier than that the 90s you know it, you know you kind of unless you had good hardware and all that stuff it you know it, it got a little bit trickier but nowadays yeah I mean you can really and so we I think with electronic music um, you can um, you know you're if you if you don't want to go down the route of getting live instruments, which which I've been doing a lot more these days, which I really enjoy getting getting live instruments in, involved, yeah, you can just kind of just play around and and, and see see what you can come up with. But um, it really is kind of up to you how deep you want to go. And and I I would say that um, a fun thing to, to, to dabble with is uh, sampling. And I think you know it's it's. I guess it could be a touchy subject when it comes to the legality, of how how deep do you want to go with sampling, in terms of being able to uh, not get sued. But uh, the fun bit is, if you sample something and then tweak it hard enough, I dare anyone to be able to tell you where it's from. You know, I think I will never forget when my sister, played uh, was playing uh, early Beastie Boys to me when I was only like. Uh, I don't know, I must have been like nine years old. And I remember she started she was explaining to me how they sampled music. And I was like, What's what does that mean? And she's like, they take little tiny bits of of well known music. She's like, they for instance, this song, I think uh, they sampled Steely Dan. And I was like, Who the hell is Steely Dan? That sounds cool. She's like, <laughs> uh, and she she was like and she's like, You wouldn't know. She's like, You wouldn't know that this is Steely Dan, but you know they took like just this little tiny bit and I'm, i'll never forget her telling me that and little did i know that i would actually be doing the exact same stuff later
0: she sounds like she has a really good ear for music
1: yeah she she uh, i mean I, I definitely i um i think i i learned a lot from her her taste in music uh growing up and uh she's she definitely was uh, art- artistically savvy and, and, and yeah
0: I'm still so intrigued by your early filmmaking. How is that translated to your music videos? Do you actually direct any of those?
1: Yeah, I think I I would be uh, hard-pressed to find myself not a major part of any video that I was working on for my own music. I would say um, that uh, there's a good chance that every every music in the future that I ever have that is for my music, I'll probably end up directing. Um, the, this, this this one, the uh, wake up, um, I did, did direct it, I did edit it, but it was a absolute joy to create this one because it wasn't only me uh, uh, that was a major part of this. Um, a lot of close friends, my fiance even, uh, all of us were, uh, there were so many big contributors to this and um, it was a big team effort. But um, I certainly um as as a uh, filmmaker since a young lad i just take so much pleasure in it so yeah it, it would be hard for me not to to be a major part of uh, any video that that represented my music
0: well your location adds a lot of production value it just seems like where you're at would be so great from a filmmaking point of view
1: oh my gosh for sure there's there's so many you know I live I live uh, no longer I live more in the tropical part of Thailand now but I' for for many many years living in Bangkok um, it was it was pretty uh, not surprising but you saw so many film crews and companies uh, from all around the world <clears throat> just flowing through Thailand um, you know German Israeli African American uh, Ger- uh, everywhere Russian Chinese they have, people are just uh filmmakers love to come to thailand and i think it's yes it's it's the the visual uh just absolute gorgeous visuals here but also there's just there's a lot of other reasons it's um there's it's it's quite a hub here it's a safe place um it's not it's really not too expensive there's a lot of good it's it's you know bangkok is like a super super modern city but it's also got all of these kind of ancient third world vibes to it and um, everything in between And the country is just it's a special place. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I definitely chose uh, the right place when it comes to uh, <laughs> finding locations.
0: Well, there's not only beautiful natural settings there, but the architecture is so unique and yeah. picturing like an aerial shot you have. Uh, of a woman on a rooftop with a drone circling overhead, which, you know, I I think like in, um, you know, America, you know, our architecture is so distinct and it's almost like when you watch a really good movie, like a James Bond movie and suddenly, you know, they're in Thailand or in another location, you you recognize that the architecture is so different or you actually see people on
1: rooftops where you wouldn't see that here yeah no for sure i i I would say that bangkok especially really kind of blew me away you know there was um i can't remember if it was the late the late 90s or the early 2000s but there was a there was um a specifically in thailand a kind of um what do you want to call it there was kind of a big market crash when it comes to real estate there was a there was a was a big fallout in the real estate sector and I know there's been a lot of that in the world a couple times over but um, in Thailand there was a specific time where a bunch of high-rises and uh, big tall buildings of Bangkok kind of got abandoned uh, you know three-quarters of the way through and so you got these you got these massive beautiful kind of buildings that are these huge ghost shell buildings and they're empty and they're sitting in the middle of this hustling bustling city for years and years it's just so strange like i i feel like you wouldn't see that in new york or boston or you know chicago but uh you know i feel like it would be torn down or, or re, redeveloped and yet in, in bangkok you've had these massive high rises for for you know it feels like two decades just kind of sitting there and and then it starts raining and then they fill up with water and some of them are some of them have water that goes up to your, to your waist, and then there's big koi fish swimming around in there. And it's, there's just like these crazy architectural kind of enigmas all over the place. They've got a, they've got a big airport graveyard. And, um, yeah, it's just, there's all kinds of cool stuff to, to find here in that, in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, earlier you were telling me you're on the beach and you're uh, at a film shoot. Is this for one of your music videos, or is this for something else?
1: So cu- currently, we're. Uh, I'm. I'm actually working. This is. This has. Well, it's funny because, as as I say that, I'm. I'm working on something that has nothing to do with um, my music. It's. It's a. I'm working on a heritage uh, film for a, a really old traditional fabric uh, company that's like ancient here in Thailand and. And it's basically one of the last ones um, standing. And it's you know we were we were interviewing, you know, 80 year old uh, workers that have been here since they were born, working for this company, and they were so emotional. It's a beautiful thing. But um, this kind of connects to what I said earlier about about guerrilla filmmaking. You know, there's there's lots of companies out here, you know, trying to snag as much work as they can, and and I'm out here. Solo, uh, dragging my equipment with me, running around this this uh, factory, filming, filming people uh, using old press printing m- machinery. Uh, you know, mixing mixing up the ink and stuff like that. And then finally, they're asking, "Can you? You know, can, how are you going to get the music for this?" And I said, well, "How about I make it?" And so I'm kind of covering the whole spectrum here uh, for this oh, project. Wow. And, and so, so a lot of times that happens is someone will hire me for a job, and then they ask, well, is there a way that I can source, outsource for music? And I just said, how about I make it? And um, I think Finish. I think there's there's an element of trying to be a jack of as many trades as possible, uh, and, and that that kind of helps uh, that helps helps me kind of try to take control of the whole project in that. Kind of backyard epic filmmaking way back all all the way back to the original. You know, it's like I kind of want to do it my way, and I and I don't and I don't have trouble doing that. It, a lot of people think that you have to follow a certain code. You got to have a you got to have a company. You got to fo- you got to use all the correct terminology. Uh, I say hogwash. I just do it. I just do it. I want to do it the way that I know works, and uh, and it's worked so far.
0: Well, it also seems like another special way. To immerse yourself in the community there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this—it was really touching today when um, we we interviewed this, this this she's like a quality checker who who kind of goes around these these ancient fabrics that were like right when they're right when they're about to be finished, she kind of goes with a paintbrush and just finishes off the last touches of each design when you know down to the last little droplet of ink. And uh, she was so emotional uh, talking about this this factory. Um, and talking about the importance of it and and in the history of it and uh, yeah i mean you know there's thailand is a really uh, beautiful place with so much history and they they're so they they take a lot of pride in and their culture and the culture is really rich and um, yeah it's a, it's been a pleasure living here and uh, being part of that
0: you know what is the lo- local music scene like where you're at
1: well see i I've been living down in uh, Phuket for the past couple of years, and um, there's, you know, I've been learning more about, like, uh, health, health. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of, like, you know, spiritual, physical growth and uh, taking care of my body out there and, and, and seeing a lot less of a music scene down there. But in Bangkok, that that was where I was uh, kind of running around like a night owl and, and meeting all the bands. And, and there was... There was really such an international community of punk bands and and electronic DJs and hip hop artists. It's such a, it's such a, I don't know. It, it was it, it really feels, um, like kind of family. Like as soon as you join that world, you start to meet people and, and, and make a good connection. It, it 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 does require going out. It does require kind of being out there, and. Um, and kind of mixing in and, and, and having a social life. So if, if you're a recluse, it's not as easy. But um, there's a wide variety of people from all uh, from in Thailand, as well as international that kind of mix together to create uh, quite a nice kind of uh, vibe. And there's also they they have uh, this website called Fungjai. That's F-U-N-G-J-A-I dot com. And uh, there there's wide variety of of Thai artists and and international artists that that live and make music here and they' are, uh they have a huge listenership and um, yeah I think there's a lot of people interested in music here and they and it's i think they're very accepting of of all, all types of music here as well They're it's not it's not they're not kind of one track minded here um so yeah it's 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 just it's vast it's, it's a vast music scene here
0: Well, with your new album, you've got the spiritual thing going on. Uh, With your fiance, you've got the romance. So if if you're really getting into the local food there, you, you would almost have this complete eat, pray, love
1: experience going on. That's right, I mean, you can't forget the spice. There's a bit of spice in there as well. It gets a little spicy at times.
0: Well, I know on Thai food, don't they use a lot of lemongrass
1: they they certainly do um i mean you know there's they they throw if you allow them they'll throw as many chilies as possible um into your food i think uh you know somtom uh which is basically spicy papaya salad is, is a favorite here um but uh you know i've i've been um i've been on in the past uh month i've been on a strict ayurvedic Indian diet, um, just kind of cleansing, cleansing my system uh, after realizing that for years I've been, uh, you know, shoveling massive amounts of food um, down my gullet, and uh, I realized that uh, yeah, I think it was it was making me making me a bit sluggish, if you will. So yeah, I've been on a much much more um, conscientious diet, and I'm. Just giving my giving my body a cleanse and it' it's been working out. but so yeah, it's it's actually a great place uh, in Thailand for finding all kinds of you know just you know different, different types of uh, ingredients for all different types of foods, whether you're you know big into meat or if you're a vegan or anything in between there there's 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 so many uh, interesting ingredients to, to to play with here.
0: You know, if you're just used to American Thai restaurants, what's the biggest difference when you eat it there at the source?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, when when I would go back to America, I would I would i would go to a Thai restaurant and I'll order in Thai language, and of course, at first they look at me like, "Whoa, okay," and then <laughs> after they after they uh, get over the fact that I spoke to them in Thai, then they're like, "Dude, we don't we just you know don't expect." what you just ordered to come, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different. And I'm like, that's all right. Just give me what you got. And yeah, so like there's a very, very typical dish here called Kapow Guy. And it's basically, uh, for lack of better words, it's like basil leaf chicken with rice. And, um, and it's a really delicious, simple, simple uh, meal here. And anyone can buy it on the street, any street corner. It's it's just it's just your normal, typical lunch, and uh, just ordering that back in America, it was it was nowhere near the same. It was uh, it was a bit more. It, I guess you could just say it was it was more westernized or something. But it, it's it's a lack of the ingredients, and I realized that when I tried to make Thai food when I was back in America, is that to find the exact correct ingredients is actually it's not easy. I think you, you really would have to go to the closest to you, um, not just not just um, kind of uh, Southeast Asian market, you know, you'd have to find like a really like a Thai-centric market um, but mm-hmm. uh, to find the correct ingredients. So yeah, there's like, you know, I, I remember before I'd ever I'd been to Thailand, if someone says we're getting Thai food, I'd say, okay, one pad Thai, please and that mm-hmm. that's basically that that's all I knew. Um and now when I live here it's like pad thai is probably the last thing I ever order. It's just it's um it's like it's it's very uh, that would be irregular for me to order that here.
0: So you think in in American Thai restaurants they go overboard on the peanut sauce?
1: They that could be. Um it was strange. It was just like it, it's just you know, I know that there's I like there's in terms of like spices chemicals and stuff like all kinds of uh, sauces and all these weird different little things that are that are non-specific, I, they must have the same thing in america but you know it was almost as if like that even the chicken tasted different i don't know but like there's the, there's also very um very specific types of vegetables that they that they put in these meals that that you're not going to find in t- uh, america like uh, in america they'll they'll have something like they might they might have something called like I don't know, you might find something like water spinach or something, mm-hmm. uh, and that would take the place of what we call here in Thailand as pak Boom, pak boomom or pat kaset. and you know, I remember walking into a a a market in Chinatown in Boston and saying, uh, do you have any pak Boom?" and they're like, no way, dude, like here here's what we do have, you know, and uh good luck, so it's it's just it's uh if 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 you're try if you've been to thailand and you love the food and you want to and you want to make it your own i would suggest like literally finding a a market that is that has uh thai either thai ownership or they really work with thai ingredients because um yeah it's it it, there's a big difference it's just it's, it's hard to say exactly how it's different but you'll know when you when you come here and then you go back home it's there there's a very obvious difference
0: Excellent. Uh, for Thailand, so very good. <laughs> so before we wrap up, where are your preferred social media hangouts and how can people find your music online?
1: Well, um, you know, I think uh, adding me on uh, Instagram is uh, would be a good way to Probably see the the more frequent updates from me, both both personal and art, artistic, as well as um, you know just all kind of like uh, a, a good way to see what I, any updates on the music. And um, I'm on Facebook as well, and uh, my YouTube uh, obviously will have uh, a continued amount. So all if you search mathematics under any of these, you'll you'll find me, and um, that's M A F F M A T I X, and um, and yeah i think uh any streaming service whether it's spotify or uh soundcloud or i you know apple music or any of these things um you will find my music there so it's uh and when when you do search for my music um i think uh there's a good chance you'll find uh something that that floats your boat because it is all over the place you're gonna find the hip-hop and um and uh, house music and techno and rock and and uh, pop it's all over the place so so go have a look and see if you can find something you like and uh, and also do, feel free to uh to hit me up and if you want to do a collaboration uh maybe maybe we can work something out let's see cool
0: when you were getting the mathematics domain name mathematics.com did yeah. you actually run across any other names that were similar to that
1: I didn't Um, and also that's the other thing is that there's so many I realize there's a lot of artists out there uh, that that have some sort of play on the word mathematics Um, but I have to uh, I have to give a shout out to my boy Sleazy E who who came up uh, with that nickname back when I was in college Uh, Sleazy E is a is a good old friend of mine and he uh, he said that you know as my last name is Maddox uh he's like you gotta have a nickname man and i think you know i think mathematics is is the one but you know let's let's i don't think mathematics is right we gotta say it with more of a more of a ghetto accent so i think we gonna call you mathematics boy we call you mathematics son and and that's how that's how it uh it played out so with with the the most with all the the strongest accent you can, it's a big double f math max well you're
0: you're the one and only, so
1: that, that's that's right, sir
0: all right, final wrap up here. so I've been trying to give you this big setup eat, pray, love. I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna. you this great responsibility to talk about and sum up your experience there because i think what you're doing would be a big fantasy for a lot of people you know to go to another country immerse yourself in the culture create music make music videos you know do film projects on the side what is it it's like that thing that came out a while back uh the four hour work week when you can live and work anywhere and do your work on your laptop and and it seems like your your experience with that is quite literal you know you're calling from the beach and you know you're immersed in in digital entertainment but you've also got you know this spiritual journey you've been taking the physical journey the moon parties on the beach the great food so in a nutshell you know share with us you know what's the reality of living this dream that a lot of us would have.
1: Well, I could say this is that, you know, I've had, I've had times in my life at a, at a very young age where, um, I didn't have to, you know, work too hard. I didn't have to, to worry about too much. I was in a, I was in a situation where things were taken care of and I, and, and, and all was well. And then fast forward a little bit at longer. And suddenly I'm in a situation where I didn't have much. I didn't have uh, a lot of monetary value. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of drive. Um, fast forward, I was, there's been times where I uh, had problems with alcohol and drugs. Uh, there's, there's been times where I, I was sure I knew where I was going. There was times where I had no idea where I was going. There was times where I, I had the worst job I, that may be very depressed and I had a terrible work, uh, I, you know, I felt like I was going nowhere for years. And then there was times where I thought I had the greatest job and, it, you know, only a doom amount of time where it was gonna take off only for me to realize I didn't like it. And I had to move, I've been all over the place. And the, the one thing that has been uh, uh, a very concrete thing to keep with me all the time was my passion for creation, for creativity. I, no, no, no matter where I was in life, I really loved making things, whether it was making music, working on videos, making comedy videos with my friends, going out there and and drawing, creating digital art, you know, anything that got my creative juices flowing, you know, writing, Um, a lot of these things really, doing these things really makes me happy, and I think that the... The, the one thing I could give as, a, as advice to anyone who's trying to, f- you know, figure anything out is, is like, you know, uh, the old line of like, find, find the thing that you love and whether or not, whether or not that, that's, you know, something that you can make money off of, it doesn't matter at the moment. Just, you know, stick with doing what you enjoy doing as long as you can find any amount of time to do it and i understand some people have less time than others and 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 some people's situations are are more harder than others but try to put as much time as you can into the passion that you have for something cuz i think some people neglect their their passion and and then and then even and and that's 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 a travesty and then uh, you know some people maybe they they, they're suppressing or hiding or can't find or haven't found yet their passion. So maybe your your goal is to look for it. But I do believe that once you find at least the general ballpark of, of, of a passion and you start aiming in the direction of that, then you'd be surprised even if it takes a year, two years, five years, who knows? Maybe, maybe it takes your whole life. To find any any type of like major success with it, but it will bring you happiness, I believe, and and that's all that that's the the best kind of success there is. So I think, and and then with that comes, re, re, you know, I feel like your stress reduces when when you when you are able to put more time into what you love, and that in in turn makes life easier for you. And you know, a lot of things kind of unfold in a in a beautiful way when you you put time into the things you love and, and uh, as long as we don't you know take that away from ourselves i think we have a chance in uh, in, in finding happiness so i think that's that's how i got to where i am and uh, that's my advice to anyone who's who's looking for it
0: excellent all right one bonus question any chance you'll be posting online out for blood and your other early backyard productions
1: I used to have it on YouTube, um, and if I can't find, if, if nobody can find for Blood on YouTube, I might throw it on my Vimeo, um, and, uh, and if that's the case, yeah, keep, keep your eyes open for the mathematics Vimeo, uh, and, uh, and let's see if I can get it up there for, for, for people to, to experience one of the greatest films of all time
0: absolutely okay his name is mathematics the current video is wake up The just dropped on his birthday album is metanoia7 he is doing his creative you know the creative dream there in thailand yeah i think you're a real inspiration and if you if you don't do anything else this year besides have a big hit with metanoia7 Uh, Maybe you'll round up some locals and shoot a sequel to Out for Blood.
1: (laughs) We can only hope.